And the Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter 2 of Matthew, the Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah... In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Verse 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Let's pray. Most gracious heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to preach from your book. God, I ask you to help me. You'd give me um, holy unction from on high. Lord, I ask that if someone here this morning is not saved, if under the sound of my voice, if they've never trusted in your Son to be their Savior, Lord, if they've never sought out Jesus for salvation, you'd convict their hearts this morning. Lord, I ask that you'd save them and they'd put their faith and trust in you. Please, Lord, work mightily through that. Lord, and I do ask for us that are saved, us that have already been born again, and I ask that during this holiday season we wouldn't forget to put you first and help us to seek you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, we're going to find and talk about seeking Jesus here, and, and, uh, but in a moment, this is what I would like to challenge you to do this holiday season, this Christmas season. Um, we've always done this growing up as a child, and when I go to my grandparents and different things like that, even um, to Nebraska as a kid, we go up there for our Christmas seasons and things. I remember always, before anybody was allowed to open a gift, we read the story of the birth of Christ from Luke chapter number 2. To put the emphasis back on Christ instead of the gifts. And what I get, what I get was put the emphasis on Christ this morning. And so um, we celebrate this year. Listen, we don't celebrate this year for trees and presents and Santa Claus and reindeer. We celebrate this year for Jesus Christ. All those things have their place, and I'm not upset about you doing those things. But remember that we must put Christ first. That's why we call it Christmas, right? Because it's about Jesus Christ. So first thought this morning about seeking Jesus. I want to notice is the people that were seeking Jesus. The Bible says in verse number one, we read it a moment ago, that they were wise men from the east. And uh, verse number two says that they had come seeking the king of the Jews. These wise men, these were a, a magi. They were a majestic people. They were wise people. We could go on and on and on and talk about who these wise men are and, and to still a cliche that many have used thousands of times, but that's all right. I'm not claiming it as mine, all right? I still absolutely believe that wise men will seek and choose Jesus Christ. The truth is that many times, is if we're honest with ourselves, the Bible says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, but the wise men will always seek Christ. And we must, even in this holiday season, December 25th is coming around, on that Wednesday morning when the kids come rolling out and they want to open up all their presents, I challenge you to say, hold on a second, we're going to seek Jesus first. We're going to take a moment and remember Christ and how He came as the incarnate Word, how He came and, and, and dwelt among men as a divine being He was. I would challenge you this Christmas morning to seek Jesus just as these wise men did. Be a wise man this holiday season, amen. We not only see the people, but may I say this, and this is just by way of what's taking place here in verse number two. We notice the persecution. You say, well, pastor, what's so uplifting about the persecution? Here's the truth of the matter is, uh, folks, this morning, is if you start putting Christ in the right order and where he's supposed to be, even on Christmas morning, there's going to be those around you that are not going to quite understand why Jesus this and why Jesus that. If we go and read the story, we don't have time to do that this morning. But if we were to take time and read the course of events, when these wise men came to Herod, this false king, 
they came to him seeking the king of the Jews. And, and Herod decided, well, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to kill every kid that's two and under. Why? Because they didn't want to put Jesus. He didn't, Herod didn't want to put Jesus first. Why? Because Jesus was a threat to his throne. And he didn't like that. He didn't want that. And the truth is, and this, hear this now, the truth is in our families, Jesus is a threat. Watch this. To our throne. We're no different than Herod many times. Because it always has to be me, 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 me. No, and persecution is going to come. The Bible says, all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall also suffer persecution. But the truth is, it always has to be about me. But let's make it this Christmas about Jesus Christ, no matter who gives us a hard time about it. No matter what godly so-called family member is. Because that's many times who it comes from, by the way. Herod was a Jew. Herod wasn't a Gentile, he was a Jew put in power by the Roman Empire because he had submitted to the Roman uh, philosophy. But Herod was a Jew. Now notice this, a lot of times that persecution is going to come from your other Christian family members. And they're going to, well, you're just making a big deal about it, but the lost world, now hear me on this, the lost world typically a lot of times in a situation like this, well, I can see, I can respect you on that. Not always, but hey, let's not be of this religious crowd and, and suffer persecution to someone because they go over the top for Jesus Christ. Maybe we remember, listen, Christ came, was born in Bethlehem, but He came to, to live in, in this fleshly body so that way He could endure temptation and yet without sin and go to the cross and watch this, pay my penalty of a place called hell, freely offer Himself to mankind. So let me help you out with something. We need to put Jesus back in His proper place no matter listen no matter what persecution may come we not only see the place for seeking jesus and the persecution of seeking jesus but notice the prompting in seeking jesus you say well what's the prompting here well we know the story and and i i think that the the, well, it, it has it. It's just kind of cut off up there. You can see the star beam shining right down. But if we were to take time, and we don't have time to do this this morning, but if we were to go to Numbers chapter 24, verses 17 through 19, the Bible prophesied that there'd be men coming from the east seeking a star. A star that God had placed there. Now, if we begin to understand and decipher the Word of God and rightly divide the Scriptures, we, we can even indicate and come so far as to say it was a picture and a type of Christ just shining Himself. Though, listen, so you say, what, is the pro what, what are you saying this morning, Pastor? I'm saying this, that Christ Himself, hear me, ought to prompt us to seek Him first. I've heard it time and again. I've heard people say, well, I don't have to, I don't have to talk to God to, and come to church. I can talk to God where I am. I, I, I'm not arguing with that. But it's like having a relationship with Grandma but never going to her house. Right? You know, we are, are we all right on the same page with that? It's like saying, it's like, it's like saying I love my, hey, it's like saying I love my wife but I never go home. Don't get upset at me this morning. But you all hear me on this. I mean, we call the, the this is the house of, oh man, y'all killing me now. This is the house of God, right? And, and you say, well, that's not a building. Well, I understand that we are the temple, we're the sanctuary. I get all that. But the truth is the Bible does call the, the physical place. At one point, Peter calls it that, that we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God. 
He actually calls it a place at one point. They actually got together and met. If we were to go to Acts in the book of Acts, all through the book of Acts, they met. They would go to a centralized location. They would have church someplace because they were prompted to, hear this, they were prompted to because of Christ. It's not about a who's who. It's not about a social club. Not about some gathering or how talented I am. Or, and it's certainly, hear me, certainly it's not even about the preacher. It's about Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Not about any other, other method or madness or anything that we've got thinking going on. It's all about Him. May I ask you, are you prompted to seek Him because of Him? Does he prompt you when you think about his suffering on the cross? When you think about the fact that he came and lived a sinful life and he, listen, was forsaken of his own father so you could have eternal life. Does that prompt you to seek him first? Listen, you can't, you don't, don't give me this idea that, well, I've always been a Christian. I've always been in church. I've always, none of that is part of salvation. Salvation is exclusively in Christ and Christ alone and what he's done for you on that cross. We call it the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, as per 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We must understand that what he did for me when he became a bloody, beaten, battered mess on that cross, hear this now, that ought to prompt us to do something for him. But the truth is we just push it to the back of our mind and, and not really worried about it. It doesn't really move us because we think we've already got it figured out. We think we're already good Christians. I mean, we, many of us say, well, I've been in church my whole life. I don't know what you're telling me that I don't already know. Well, it's about Christ. It's not about you. It's about Christ. It's not about the preacher, the pastor. Not about the, the workers or the servants of the church. It's about Him. Always about Christ. And we must be prompted to seek Him because of Him. We not only see this morning the people, the persecution and the prompting, but finally let's notice is the presentation, or we could say presenting is fine. But notice here in verse number 11, this, this I will read. I, I am going to take just a few moments on this. But he says, and when they were come into the house, by the way, notice how these wise men, they came to a house. Just giving you a little bit of information here for you. The wise men were not in the stable by the manger. I know every, every nativity scene shows the wise men there at his birth. They were not there at his birth. They came to his house. But notice, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. Now watch this. Hear this preacher. And fell down and worshipped him. They didn't walk in there, although they were wise men, majestic people. They had wealth. They, they probably had a big entourage with them. It wasn't just simply three wise men. Uh, they, they, I mean, they created such a stir that King Herod decided to kill everyone. Three men wouldn't create a stir, but an entourage of 50 or 60 certainly would. We don't know how many there were that day. The fact is, is when they came into that house and they laid their eyes upon Jesus, the Bible says they fell down and worshipped Him. When you begin to see Christ for who He is, it ought to bring us to this point of contrition. It ought to bring us to this point where we determine to fall down on our faces before a holy God, understanding how great our Savior truly is. But the truth is, we stand on some pedestal like I'm somebody. These wise men, as far as the world was concerned, 
were somebody. But they came in and fell on their face before Jesus and worshiped him. Now, notice here this presentation. There's a threefold presentation here, and every one of them have a representative or, or represent something. We first we see the gold here. They come and they bring forth gold to Jesus. They give gold to Jesus. You say, Well, what's so important about that? That's a recognition of his majestic kingship. It's a recognition of he is the King of Kings, he is the Lord of Lords. It's an absolute recognizing who he is as King. Frankincense is a recognition that they understand that He is divine God. He is deity. Jesus Christ wasn't just some created being. He was all God. Listen, all God. Absolutely at every point in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ was God. The same was in the beginning with God, the Bible says in John 1.3. The Bible says in John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, 1, Peter, or 1 Timothy 3 and verse number 16 tells us that God manifested Himself in the flesh. Jesus Christ was God, and these wise men coming with frankincense, recognized that He was God. Can you imagine the humility that it took for God to be a baby? To be a baby. You say, well, what's so big about that? To not be able to clothe Himself, not be able to feed Himself, to have to have His, his diaper changed. God. Humility. But He was recognized as God, as who He is. We also find is the myrrh here. You say, well, what's about the myrrh? The myrrh is an ointment, an owl that they would use to uh, 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 keep dead bodies from stinking. And so this is an indication. Hear me out. This is a, this is a type or an idea of, watch this, of recognizing his future suffering. Christ could come to this earth and be born perfect and, and of a virgin's womb, but if he never goes to the cross, it was pointless. He had to go to the cross for you and me. We have the, the a cross that's been constructed up here. It goes from the manger to the cross. We understand that in 33 and a half years of his life, he never sinned at any point. And am I say this, that he never could have sinned. I don't care what any commentator or theologian or so-called preacher says. There was no point where Christ could have sinned. He was tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin, the Bible says. No point did He ever sin. And He went and paid the ultimate sacrifice on the cross for you and for me. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, But God committed His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He became humble and obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. Obedient to it. So this morning, the challenge is this. For you to seek Jesus. For you to seek Jesus. Hey, and my I go so far as to say this, not just for Christmas, but how about this? You end the year right and start the new year right. Put Christ first in your home. Make everything else secondary. Everything. Uh, you, from your spouse to your children to your fun activities to whatever you want to do, but make Christ first. Everything has its place, but its place is always behind Jesus Christ. It's always behind Jesus Christ. Seek Christ. Be a wise individual and seek Christ as these wise men did. As you see Christ, you may suffer persecution, but understand that God is able 
When we see Christ for who He is, it ought to prompt us to truly seek Him. And we notice the presentation. They fell down and worshipped Him. What we're going to do here in a moment, I'm going to pray. We'll have every head bowed in a moment and every eye closed and we'll pray and we'll talk with the Lord. And I'll ask a few questions. And if you're, if you're unsaved or you're unsure whether you're saved, if you're unsure that you're going to heaven when you die, listen, I'm going to ask you to come forward and we'll take a Bible and show you how you can know heaven could be your home. But ultimately, it all was about Christ. And it has to go back to Him. So I'd even challenge you Christians. You've got your families here this morning. I mean, as far as the children are concerned. I mean, they're typically in children's church and they have their own altar call themselves where the kids go pray. And I, I get to see pictures. And, and I mean, it's just a blessing seeing these young people praying at the end of a message. God's stirring and moving on their heart. So I would challenge you this. Why don't you this morning come in a moment and promise God you're going to seek Him this Christmas season. You're going to end the year right seeking Jesus. You're going to begin the year right seeking Jesus. Because it's all about seeking Him. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your precious book. Thank You for the wonderful cantata this morning. Thank You for the beautiful voice of singing um, from the children all the way to the adults. Lord, every single portion was just a blessing to me. And God, I do ask now for this message to work and move on hearts. Men would come seek Jesus this morning, put their hearts on this altar and say, I seek the Lord first. Folks would come make promises to you. They might be saved, they might be Christians, and I rejoice in that. But if they're honest, we don't always seek Him first, so I ask you that you work mightily through that. Lord, and if someone's lost, if they died right now and they simply do not know 100% sure they'd go to heaven, God, I ask that you would bring them to this altar. We could take a Bible and show them how they could know heaven could be their home. Please, Lord, we beg of you for that.